0: organic, free-range HTML, wild, freshwater CSS, and 21-day mature JavaScript. This is not just a podcast. This is Smashing.
1: It's Smashing.
0: this episode of the Smashing Podcast, we're talking about Gatsby. What is it and how does it fit into your web development stack? We talked to expert Marcy Sutton to find out. But first, did you know that Smashing Magazine publishes a brand new article to the website five days a week? That's a lot to keep up with, but we're here to help.
1: It's your weekly update.
0: To make your sites fast, accessible, and secure with help from Google, Dion Almeer shares a round of updates and news directly from Google to give web developers all the tools and guidance they need to help keep their sites stable, powerful, and accessible in these challenging times. In Understanding Plugin Development in Gatsby, Aleem Isiaka discusses Gatsby plugins and shows us how to develop our own Comment plugin. If the theme of today's podcast interests you, then Aleem's article may make the perfect follow-up read. Kelvin Omashone looks at creating tiny desktop apps with Tori and Vue.js. Tori is a toolchain for creating small, fast, and secure desktop apps from your existing HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Kelvin explains how Tori plays well with progressive framework Vue.js by integrating both technologies in bundling an example web app called Nota as a native application. In Removing Panic from E-Commerce Shipping and inventory Alerts, Suzanne Skacker warns that scare tactics over stock levels and delivery times can actually hurt a brand's relationship with customers considering an online purchase. In this article, find out how web designers can keep panic and frustration from seeping into the shopper's experience.
1: Bravo!
0: And in CSS transitions in Vue.js and Nuxt.js... Timmy Omoyeni explains how transitions are a powerful way to remove, change or update data in an application, preventing sudden changes and forming a better user experience. In this tutorial, Timmy shows different ways to apply transitions in both Vue.js and Nux.js applications. And that is your weekly update.
1: Find all these and more at smashingmagazine.com articles.
0: She is a lead engineer on the developer relations team at Gatsby. Previously, she worked on the open source Axe Core Accessibility Testing Library and has also worked as an accessibility engineer at Adobe. She is passionate about improving the web for people with disabilities and often speaks about it at conferences. In 2016, O'Reilly gave her a Web Platform Award for her work in accessibility. So we know she's a skilled engineer and an accessibility expert. But did you know she once descended Angel Falls in a barrel? My smashing friends, please welcome Marcy Sutton. Hello. Hello, Marcy. How are you?
1: I'm smashing. How are you?
0: I'm very good, thank you. I wanted to talk to you today about Gatsby um, because it came up in a conversation I was having on a previous episode about learning React with Mina Markham. I realized I was in danger of doing the typical man-on-the-internet thing of giving an opinion on something that I had no direct experience of. So that's not how we do things at Smashing. And I want to make sure that we properly cover Gatsby, and what better way to do it than to talk to somebody who knows it inside and out. So presuming that perhaps I've heard the name Gatsby, um, but I've got no idea where it fits into the, the stack when building a website, what exactly is Gatsby?
1: Gatsby is a website generator. It currently uses React, um, but it will create a static website for you that then will rehydrate into a full React web application. So you really get the best of both worlds with fast builds that you're compiling HTML files that will load fast for users. And then you get all of this enhancement with JavaScript to make really interactive, dynamic web apps. So it's a really exciting space to be in. And I've been working um, on the learning side with documentation, and now on the Devrel team, I'm focused on making it as as good as it can be uh, knowing accessibility challenges with JavaScript and just trying to fix it from the inside out.
0: Many of us will be familiar, I guess, with the concept of a static site generator, um, and Gatsby seems to broadly fit into that role. But to me, it seems like it goes a lot further than than most SSGs do. And most site uh, generators are front-end code agnostic. It seems that with Gatsby, you end up with Gatsby code running as part of your site. Is that a a fair um, assessment? And if so, what sort of things is Gatsby actually doing in your front-end?
1: Yes, I'd say the biggest piece of that is client-side routing. So Gatsby right now is using Reach Router under the hood. It does kind of its own implementation. But that is the piece that when you load your static site for the first time, um, there are HTML files there. So if the user turns JavaScript off for some reason, uh, your site should still be there, still have content. But if JavaScript is enabled, that's when this hydration step happens, where when you use links in your Gatsby site, it will go prefetch resources from that page, so it will load faster. So that is all enabled with this JavaScript layer that Gatsby gives you. And so beyond that, it really depends kind of what you're using in your site, what will end up in that JavaScript bundle. But for things that use a lot of interactivity, like accessible accessible interfaces, that's a good place to be Um, for me. um, I really enjoy having... JavaScript available to me at all times and having my markup just be in a good spot. Um, I know it's a matter of preference whether you want your your HTML and your JavaScript and your CSS all kind of neatly coupled, and um, there's room for variations within building Gatsby. You don't always have to use something like CSS and JS. But it's really about getting the power of that dynamic JavaScript layer available to you while you're writing your website. It's not like this add-on in a separate file.
0: When I think of how a static uh, site generator usually works, I'm thinking of content in perhaps markdown files. And the generator runs across that content and merges it with templates and creates tens, hundreds, thousands of HTML files, which are the pages of your website. Um, when I think of a, a React site or, or app, I'm thinking more about a single page experience where the interface has been created by uh, React on the fly. So Gatsby sort of, does, you're saying Gatsby does both of those? Um, it's creating all the pages and also enhancing it with JavaScript?
1: It is, yes. Gatsby will use Node.js at build time. It will go over your React components and compile them into HTML files which honestly the first time I looked at Gatsby I I went and turned JavaScript off and was like all right are there are there pages here what is this and I was so happy that Gatsby works that way by default it will create built files from your React components which is awesome I have explored more progressive enhancement approaches since it's in JavaScript. like what if you want to output something you know progressively enhanced for users where if they do have JavaScript turned off, you don't want all this broken code that assumes JavaScript is there? So there are some quirks with it, but it's you can work around that kind of thing um, at least for your core user flows where you know you want someone to still be able to buy something. you might need to add some support in for those use cases. But I've been pleasantly surprised at the way that Gatsby rolls that out. By default, and so it is you know a choice that they they made to build sites that way, and we're always evaluating is this still the best way you know what what do we need to do to uh give our users what they're asking for and so we're doing some explorations internally um you know ongoing just to make sure Gatsby is doing the best job it can at building a website, so keeping bundle sizes small and making sure that if we're making trade-offs for what we say is performant uh, code, you know, with prefetching, like, do we have the data to back that up? That's the kind of thing as a developer advocate that I'm super interested in is making sure that what we're packaging and bundling on websites is actually needed and will really make the best Gatsby site it can make.
0: You mentioned performance there, and there's um, a big focus on performance, it certainly seems, from the way that Gatsby um, presents itself. Um, is, is that a true feature of Gatsby or is it just the nature of JAMstack websites?
1: Uh, I think it can be a nature of JAMstack websites. Ultimately, it's going to come down to what you're bundling on your website. So the, no matter what framework or tool you're using, we still have to be thoughtful in what we're putting in those bundles for end users. But Gatsby really aims to give you good defaults, not only for performance, but for accessibility as well. Um but that always takes evaluation, like we always have to make sure that if we've added something that it's still performant um but yeah, getting that initial payload of static files, they load fast um uh, much faster than you know a classic WordPress site that I used to have um but then enhancing it with javascript yeah it's there are some trade offs there for sure, but um it works really well, lots of people um. They really like their Gatsby sites, so it's been fun to get to work on it full-time and learn the ins and outs of a JavaScript framework like Gatsby.
0: What sort of uh, performance features does Gatsby actually put into place to speed up your sites?
1: Uh, Well, with the prefetching for links, this client-side routing stuff, I'd say that's probably the biggest one, Um, making it really easy to generate a progressive web app. So having some offline capabilities, um, you can sort of pick and choose what you want in terms of offline and PWA-type stuff. But um, they really make that part of the initial experience, like a lot of the starter example sites that you might start from have examples of, of using a manifest and um, kind of making that modern version of your website Really, it's like you know not shipping code that you don't need, that's a big part of it, yeah, caching, it's really the prefetching for links that's that's what I would say is the the biggest piece of it.
0: so this is where the um the site is actually anticipating where the user is going to go is it is it as intelligent as that, or is it does it prefetch? everything on the page or
1: No, it's based on user interaction. So if the user scrolls down the viewport, there's some prefetching that happens there. If you hover over links, it will kind of estimate that, you know, there's a pretty good chance that you might go to that that page. We've been talking internally, well, I guess open source too, about whether that prefetching should happen on keyboard focus too. So that intersection of accessibility and performance is very interesting. There's some trade-offs there, like should a keyboard user who can't use the mouse and is tabbing through every link to navigate, should that really be fetching content for every single one of those? Because a mouse user might be a bit more selective about where they put their their mouse cursor. So those conversations I find extremely fascinating um, and trying to think of what what data do we need to validate these assumptions, too. So. Yeah, it's been super interesting to look at those defaults and what improvements can we make? Um and really checking like how much data is that fetching? You know, is that really a good thing just to speed it up a little bit? Or is it fast enough without that? Are there alternative solutions that we could use? That's part of the fun of working on a framework is being able to evaluate all those trade offs. Is
0: this prefetching something that Um, users just get for free in their sites, or do they have to do any work to implement it?
1: You do get it for free using Gatsby Link. So it's a component that comes with Gatsby. And when you use that, it outputs anchor tags. So your HTML is real HTML, and you leverage the web platform in that way. Um, But in your React components, you are working directly with the Gatsby Link component, And that has all of those mechanisms for, you know, it looks at whatever your future href will be for that that link of where you want to go to, and it will go and grab resources from that that link um, and preload them. And it's only internal to your site, so it's not going off and, you know, trying to fetch things on (laughs) other websites. But um, it seems to work pretty well. I know some users are actively looking for ways like you actually have to opt out of some of these things it's at least routing um, not using the prefetching you would just use regular anchor tags and then you don't really get that functionality it's pretty easy to use something else Um, but some of the discussions we're having are around client-side routing and how to make that the best it can be and so that's a really interesting space too
0: how closely do you have to work within the the sort of Gatsby ecosystem in terms of if I wanted to have my own link component, would that be, that's completely fine, I wouldn't be fighting against um, Gatsby to to do that sort of thing?
1: No, you could slot in whatever components you want, as long as they work with the React runtime. Um, that's really the beauty of it, is you can sort of, I mean, anything you could put in a React app, you could put in a Gatsby app. Um, there's even a preact plugin, so there are some alternatives to working with Gatsby. But I love how you can pull in whatever you know off-the-shelf components that you want to use, or write your own. And I think that flexibility is what people really enjoy. There is the caveat of it uses the React runtime, and so you have to be okay with using React or using this preact plugin. But personally. Um, I really like React and JSX for working with accessibility and templates, especially with React hooks. So being able to use that in my Gatsby site is just so cool. I really like it.
0: And how's the process of building a a Gatsby site? That's presumably a Node module that you can just install and you would... Do a build like you would with any other static site generator?
1: Yes, there's a CLI that you install globally. And I guess it's whether you want to install it globally, that's what we recommend. uh, Because then you can run it from any directory on your computer. But it will pull down, you know, the sort of whatever you need to build a Gatsby site. And then you can add on, like, say you wanted to use WordPress as a headless CMS or, you know, some other content source um you can install packages, plugins to make that work and then integrate it with your site. There's also some starters and themes that you can use to get up and running quicker. I've used those if I want to test out something or, or start a site rapidly for a specific integration like Drupal or Prismic or, you know, whichever CMS or um e-commerce solution or something I want to use. There's lots of examples, so you're not always Tinkering with trial and error, trying to figure it out. But it's sort of these building blocks that you can piece together and create. It's what we call the content mesh. And so you can use these best in breed integrations to create a site instead of, you know, if I had a classic WordPress site, the authoring experience and working with Teams is really great. But there were shortcomings in the front end, like how it would work on a mobile device. what else? If I want an e- e- e-commerce solution, I think there's some things that are are easier to do these days. But being able to pick whichever kind of best solutions you want for authentication or whatever that modern thing is, you're like, oh, I wish I could use that. With Gatsby, um, you know, you can pull a lot of these things together and make this content mesh way of building that's pretty refreshing Um, especially when you can still use those integrations like WordPress and still work with teams. So we're pretty excited about this new way of working where you can pick all the technologies that you like or that work for your team.
0: One of the the big features that um, Gatsby uh, sort of touts strongly is this ability to pull in data or or content from a variety of different sources. You mentioned things like WordPress and Drupal and uh, what have you. Um, traditionally, if, if I was using something like Jekyll or um, Eleventy or, or something like that, I would need to wire up that myself to to interact with APIs, perhaps, and pull content down and write it into Markdown files or JSON files and then have the, um, the generator work with those files. So it would be a, a sort of two-step process. Could use something like um, Sourcebit, I guess, um, which we covered on a, a previous episode that does that sort of thing. Um do I understand rightly that Gatsby has just this native ability to consume different sources in in a way that other static site generators
1: just don't? I think what makes Gatsby really strong in this area is its GraphQL data layer and the plugin ecosystem. So chances are someone has already written a plugin for whatever data source you'd be looking to build and if not there's probably something close but using graphql is kind of the underworkings of it you know the the layer that makes all of these integrations possible is using graphql and so there's lots of possibilities for what you could pull in and we try to make it easy to write plugins too so it's been really neat learning about you know, how to write a plugin and the the AST or abstract syntax tree that it creates and kind of learning about how all that works has been really cool. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's, there are a lot of things off the shelf that you could pick up without having to write it all yourself, which is pretty awesome. Um, and it's nice to have the flexibility to pull in Markdown You know, say your developers want to write their blog content in Markdown, but the marketing team is really not happy with that. You could, you know, combine content sources and source them from multiple places. I've seen people sourcing things from other GitHub repos and they use, you know, a Git plugin to pull in Markdown content that way. Lots of flexibility.
0: And I guess you've got the option then of writing your own plugins to pull from a a custom data source, say you've got some legacy system and you want to put a nice shiny new website on the front of it, you could write a a plugin that would get the data out in whatever format that uh, is needed and and translate it into something that Gatsby could then work with?
1: You could, yes. And so plugins enable that. And then there's this abstraction on top of that, which we call a Gatsby themes. And those are... Not only user interface code, but they could be, you know, GraphQL queries, um, configurations that set up a plugin. So it's like a plugin with usage kind of bundled together, and you can distribute those themes on npm. And then you know they're versioned, and you can pull them in. And um, that whole API is really interesting too for teams who say you have multiple repos. And you want to pull data into those. It would be very repetitive to have the same queries in all of these repos and the same code. So to dry things up a bit and not repeat yourself so much, you can use these abstractions called themes to sort of distribute around that logic or, you know, code That would enable that source plugin. So there's these kind of layers of abstractions that you can build on top of it that we've heard that teams are really getting a lot out of right now.
0: So a theme in the Gatsby world isn't a a look and feel like it would be with a, a CMS like WordPress.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can, but that's not all that it is. So, naming things is very hard. <laughs> um, but themes I've really enjoyed learning about just the the flexibility and being able to yes, you could include some user interface code. Um, but the there could be some, you know, query language code that goes in there as well that it, the fact that it's kind of bundled together makes it easy to distribute. Um, yeah, it's been a really neat abstraction that it's been cool to see what people are building and what themes they're shipping and and all of that.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it It would lead to some fairly innovative uses of Gatsby. Have you seen anything that in particular that's caught your eye that customers are doing that's particularly creative?
1: Yeah, well, in terms of themes, I mean, one of the first ones I read about, there's a, a case study on the Gatsby blog, I think from Apollo, and they wrote a documentation site using Gatsby themes, and there, that used a Git source. Plugin, um, and so it really kind of decouples your your sourcing and your content, um, making it so that you know teams can pull in a theme to use across multiple repos. I'd say that's the most interesting to me, just because of what I can envision it enabling. Like past teams I was on, where we had to source content, we were just so like limited in where that code could live and how we how repeatable it could be. And so seeing a solution now where teams are like, oh, this works great. Um, and that was even last summer or like that was a case study a while ago. So since then, APIs have been improving and there's a whole team working on on Gatsby themes. And I know they're rolling out some big improvements in the next few weeks. So I don't want to steal their thunder, but... Um, yeah, there's there's some neat stuff coming with themes. They've been overhauling some of the, the blog themes, like the, the core themes that we offer from Gatsby. Um, I know they're using it internally to build some of our own product announcement or uh, product improvements that will be announced here in the next couple of weeks. So lots of cool stuff going on with Gatsby themes and people selling their own themes and starters. I think that's really interesting too.
0: So there's a, a bit of a marketplace springing up around uh, Gatsby.
1: There is, yeah.
0: Is there you know, sort of online training and those sorts of things? If somebody want, if somebody decided that they were really going to get into Gatsby and they needed to learn it quick, are there um, places they can go where that sort of uh, information is available?
1: A ton of it, yes. There's definitely the Gatsby docs site, which is gatsbyjs.org slash docs. And, I mean, we have tutorials, and I've been doing live streams almost every week for Gatsby stuff. There are a ton of educators who have Gatsby material um, on YouTube and various learning platforms. Egghead, I think some of my teammates from Gatsby have Egghead videos as well. So there is a ton of stuff out there. I would say check the dates on it <laughs> if you find something. We're always actively updating the Gatsby docs. You know, some of the older third-party videos and things that may have, you know, check the dates on those cuz we don't we we can't monitor every single learning resource for update. It's hard for it to keep up with our own stuff um because there's just so much with how many content sourcing options and use cases it's It's a very broad space, Um, but there's so much learning material out there and a ton of ways to get started that you can sort of try and find things like depending on where you are on your learning um, spectrum, you know, are you at the beginning stages? Are you, you know, coming from other technologies and you just need to learn about like, what is this React thing? Um, You can sort of pick and choose which materials, you know, will work for you based on where you're at. I've been doing a a course recently through live streams called Gatsby Web Creators, where we went all the way from beginner HTML, CSS, and JavaScript through to creating our first Gatsby site. We just completed that on Friday. Um, And so it's been really neat to go all the way back to the beginning. And because a lot of materials with Gatsby, it uses React. So it's a pretty big jump to get started with that. So I really wanted to go back and like take the the steps to get all the way through to building things with React and Gatsby. So that was really neat. And I'm excited to continue on that route so that there is more beginner material and more things to help people understand how to build a a site with Gatsby because a lot of those skills are portable to other frameworks.
0: One of the big questions that uh, is going to come up for anybody who's thinking about building sort of client project sites using Gatsby. That one of the, the big questions that's going to come up is about managing content and putting stuff in in front of the client. Um, you mentioned already how Gatsby you can connect to different content management systems. Is that the the primary method that um, you would uh, you put in place uh, to to deal with that question? Or does Gatsby have anything in its ecosystem that would enable people to edit content in any way?
1: Yeah, I would say having a CMS or something can make those team relationships work a lot better. I've been in those use cases where the dev team's like, just learn HTML. And you see this glaze over from the client of like, no. (laughs) I can't believe you just said that. Um, so having a, a system where people can do their best work in whatever ways suits them best is super, super important. Like you can't, you just can't hand a marketer GitHub and it might work some of the time, but not all the time. Um, and so having like a preview and build infrastructure makes that better. And that's where the whole Gatsby cloud product space kind of enters into the fray. There are ways to do preview um, without the the paid cloud side. And Gatsby cloud does have a free tier for personal projects. So it's not all paid. Um, but we have this, like the open source and the product ecosystem kind of come together so that Gatsby can, as a founding organization, make enough money to keep the open source framework, you know, keep that healthy and keep our community rolling along with that. So that's kind of where this, you know, open source commercial side comes together in really enabling some of these workflows that that teams need. Some things like getting fast previews, getting builds out the door fast and deployed. And so, yeah, there are solutions on the Gatsby Cloud side specifically. Um, And then wherever there is an open source kind of, you know, way to make Gatsby work, like with a preview server or something, we try to document that and make sure our community knows, like, what's what and, yeah, kind of like how to to – serve those team needs. Um, yeah, I would say like you need some way to preview your your CMS changes because it's like that instant gratification, you know, you don't want to be waiting an hour for a build to see some content.
0: So that's interesting. The Gatsby cloud service um, gives you that ability to use a uh, like a headless CMS service where you're just working with the content, but you've got no visualization of what it would look like in your site. It enables you to to do, get a preview of how that would work. Is that right?
1: It is, yep. And so it's part of the trade-off of decoupling, you know, your headless CMS, which may have had, you know, like WordPress, you could just look at the front end, but we're giving it a new front end and potentially pulling in other sources and other things that WordPress doesn't know about. And so decoupling it in that way makes sense, but you still, as a user or as a, you know, a team member, you, you have to be able to do your work in this speed that you're rapidly used to. And so that is where Gatsby Preview and Gatsby builds come in to give that front end back to teams so they can collaborate, they can make decisions, get something shipped. So that has sprung up in the last year. Um, getting more features and improvements in all the time. And that we've heard from some teams that are really starting to see speed increases. And as we figure out, like, okay, if this build is going slow, why is that? Um, it's usually because the site is really, really big. Um, so we've been focused a lot on improvements for large sites and really improving those team collaborative collaborative workflows big focus of the team right now
0: so gatsby cloud is i guess at its heart is a uh, hosting service is it for uh, you know a cdn for deploying your um uh, gatsby sites with a load of gatsby specific functionality and features around it
1: is that i would call it more of a continuous delivery uh product because it's not an actual cdn like it it integrates with cdns like fastly netlify um, there 's a lot of different providers that you can hook up, and some of them for free, like you can you can do a lot for free, which is pretty awesome. I just did it the other day in our last Gatsby Web creators session. we used Gatsby Cloud and Netlify to build our site and it it enables you to make Gatsby sites faster specifically because it does have those improvements. like it only has to build one type of site. so there's some improvements that Gatsby Cloud can make that no other platform can make because they're trying to like support all of these different types of websites, and they do them all very well. Um, but for Gatsby, like if that's all you're building, and there's quite a few agencies who like they're all in on Gatsby and they want to make it as fast as they can. So that's where Gatsby Cloud can make some performance improvements specifically for Gatsby because it doesn't have to worry about any other platforms.
0: So uh, Gatsby Cloud would do uh, your build and it would then just deploy it to something like Netlify or, or uh, presumably a whole range of different places.
1: Yep, yep, it will. Um, and so it's the piece of Netlify that it would be using then is it's uploading these built Packages, you know, or built files. Um, it's not using their their builds, um, so the builds are happening on Gatsby Cloud's infrastructure, and that's where some a lot of speed increases can happen. Um, and then there's still that upload step to get it out to a CDN, you know, whichever one you've chosen. Um, but yeah, it seems like teams are really loving this ability to see. I mean, it's functionality that you know you you would have missed, and so. That's a necessary thing to add back in um, is to be able to do these collaborative previews and get sign-offs and all of that.
0: So uh, Gatsby Cloud is, is provided as a service from Gatsby, the company, and there's Gatsby, the open source project as well. Is this a similar sort of relationship to like WordPress and Automatic have Um, where you've got a a commercial entity developing an open source product?
1: I would say so, yeah. Like Drupal, um, there's precedent in tech to have these founding organizations where it's kind of a virtuous cycle. Um, And we're working on publishing some governance documentation right now to make sure that that's super clear to our community how we make decisions. But the entire goal is to keep Gatsby sustainable, so that it can continue to be an open source project that people can use it without ever even getting into Gatsby cloud. Um, You could use other solutions with it if you want. And so we need like enough business to sustain like the people working on it. Um, And so, yeah, it's, I'm kind of in between, like I float in between the open source and commercial side and try to make sure that we're prioritizing things I mean, we, as you can imagine, are juggling a lot of things with how broad the space is. Like, every, you know, we all have our niche use cases that we, like, feel really strongly about we need to do for our jobs. You know, that adds up to be a lot of niche use cases. So we try to juggle and prioritize and, and really listen to our community about what what hurts right now, what's painful, you know, what's going well. Um, and so that's been an interesting journey to get for me personally to get back into DevRel and um, really be listening to the community about like how can we make Gatsby even better.
0: And is there a, a big community around Gatsby, lots and lots of people using it?
1: There are a lot of people using it, a lot of contributors. So for a lot of folks, it might be their first time contributing to open source, like coming over to our docs and uh, joining us for Hacktoberfest and things like that. And so it has been really neat to see what a big community Gatsby does have, um, especially with things like accessibility and trying to make sure that frameworks do all they can out of the box for free. And so kind of there's this, I don't know, subset or intersection of accessibility and Gatsby. And I like that's kind of my my happy place. But the broader community, a lot of people learn React or learn web development through Gatsby. And so that's really neat to see a progression through our community. And hopefully we get people to come contribute, you know, even if it's an issue or something of like, hey, this link was broken, or this part of the docs was confusing to me, or it's outdated, or, you know, like even just telling a a framework or a project that you use that something could be better is a great way to contribute because um, you can help us. In, I don't know, gain insight into the things that are that could use improvement. So that's a great way to contribute.
0: I mean, you you mentioned accessibility, and of course, people uh, will know you as being an accessibility expert, and they might be surprised to see you working with a sort of fully featured front end framework like React, thinking that perhaps the the two don't really go together. Um, Is that always the case A JavaScript-heavy front-end is always less accessible?
1: Well, (laughs) I wish it weren't the case, um, but I think the data has shown that a lot of websites that do use front-end frameworks are less accessible than those that don't. Uh, A project that comes to mind is the WebA million. And actually, I have a blog post. I'm refreshing the Gatsby site to see if my blog post has launched yet. Um, But WebAIM, through the WebAIM million, this project, they used their automated WAVE tool to crawl the top 1 million homepages and evaluate them for some accessibility violations. And it was really depressing results. Like, they've run it twice now, I think, and I think it got worse. So it's not great, but I don't think you can really point to any one framework because... There's plenty of sites that don't use frameworks that have lots of accessibility problems, uh, so it's kind of a, a broader industry issue, a really society. Um, and so, for me, working on a you know full featured web framework, I saw as an opportunity to try and get more accessibility awareness in the mainstream. And so that was an intentional move on my part to go and try to make an impact on a lot of sites like. Working on one site is cool. You can solve some really interesting problems. For me, I wanted to advocate accessibility much more broadly and try to make the frameworks the best they can be from the inside. So even if something is rough right now, trying to play that long game of like, okay, you know, what web standards things can we talk about? What framework improvements can we make so that if this is kind of rough, like not just give up on it, you know? So even if I know it's... I don't know. JavaScript is some folks enemy. I feel like I, I like it. You need some JavaScript to make accessible user interfaces. You just do. So I am trying to like st- straddle those viewpoints and, you know, do the right thing while listening to my activist colleagues and friends kind of out there, like pushing us forward as an industry. And then on the inside, I can be the, you know, the messenger and the so the person to try and reconcile some of those huge trade-offs and ethical questions about what are we building. Um, so it's it's challenging, but I really like it um, because I just I don't know have an impact to make on the web, and so web framework. Lot you know, lots of people are building Gatsby sites, so it seemed like a good place to try and make an impact.
0: <laughs> you mentioned uh, briefly that uh, Gatsby uses React. At the moment, is there a, a possible future where Gatsby might work with other frameworks? Might we see a, a view version of Gatsby?
1: <sighs> I would love that. I've certainly talked about it. Um, there is a Preact plugin, as I mentioned earlier, so you can swap that out. I think a big part of what we are talking about is sustainability of projects, um, trying to make the right call. like it's These aren't easy choices to make. It's not just like rip it out and start over. Like there's a lot of concerns that go along with that. Um, it goes deep. So it's something we're actively talking about and I don't really have anything specific to share right now, but we do have some internal meetings coming up soon to talk about that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's being discussed. Um, and I would, I would love to have a view flavor. That'd be amazing. Um, but as you can imagine, that would it, there's, there's some interesting challenges that come along with that. And we want to make sure it's the right move so that we're not like, I don't know, putting, going down a path and having it not work for whatever reason. Or, you know, then we're maintaining two frameworks. Like, how do we make that actually realistic um, in terms of what we can maintain and, and make succeed for an open source community?
0: So I've been learning all about Gatsby. Uh, What have you been learning about lately, Marcy?
1: Well, I wish it was better, but work-life balance. (laughs) Yeah, I've been learning about, I don't know, for me, unfortunately, I'm in like a burnout cycle. And so I feel like I'm continually learning the lesson of how to be productive, especially this year in 2020. There's just, it's like one thing after another. Um, So trying to, to... Get really clear focus on where I want to go in my career, you know, what makes me happy, uh, how can I sustain, I mean, talk about sustainability, like how can I sustain my own life um, after, you know, a career of really pushing hard on accessibility in particular, like, okay, how can I kind of take a little step back and make sure that what I am putting out there and what I am doing is meaningful, you know, worth the energy, Um, so yeah, a lot of my lessons have been kind of that intersection of work and life and trying to make the most of it at a time that's been, I don't know about you, but it's been pretty stressful for a lot of people, including me. (laughs) It's
0: been very, very stressful. Yeah. It's uh, a a very difficult time, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have so, so much to be thankful for in this industry, um, having opportunities and skills that you can apply, um, seeing a lot of layoffs in our industry, um, really trying to make decisions that reflect where we're at and not just going through the motions. So that was a big motivator for Gatsby Web Creators was, wow, there's a lot of school age kids not in school this year. It would be really cool to to see an outcome of turning some kids, you know, eyes onto web development. Like when I was in seventh grade and someone came to a class of mine to talk about photojournalism, I was like, I want to be a photojournalist. So that actually, that did work. I got some feedback from someone that said, my seventh grader is learning from you. And like, now oh, they're really excited about code. So that was a, a really good thing to spend some energy on in a time where like, that wasn't something I would have necessarily thought of before being in these circumstances in 2020. So really trying to be like nimble and make choices that kind of reflect where I want to go and, and kind of what's happening
0: If you, dear listener, would like to hear more from Marcy, you can find her on Twitter, where she's at Marcy Sutton, and find all her latest goings-on on on her personal website, marcysutton.com. And of course, you can find out how to get started with Gatsby from gatsbyjs.org. Thanks for joining us today, Marcy. Do you have any parting words?
1: Make the most of it, whatever that may be. This is Smashing.
0: And that was our podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And if you liked it, please share it with your friends.
1: Find us on the web at smashingmagazine.com, on Twitter at smashingmag, Smashing Magazine on Facebook, or in the supermarket by the cat food.